I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Michet. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, Radiant Lights. Great to connect with you. Um, Hello, hello. We've got amazing energies that are happening this um, month, a lot of change and transition. Uh, If you're new to the program, welcome. Great to have you here. I hope it resonates with you. And those of you that have been around for a while, tried and true, thanks for co-creating this with me. Um, Hello to everyone in the chat, the Sacred Space of Empowerment, also my co-hosts, co-pilots, and um, sound engineers. They let me know how the sound is going, so everyone lets me know that. Uh, If you're listening by computer, great, or um, chat, that's great. If you want to ask questions in the chat, you can. Or if you want to call in, that number is 347-539-5122. 347-539-5122. And please press 1 on the keypad to let me know that you um, have a question, a comment, or you have a reading. Uh, second half of the program, we have our Awakening Dialogue. And today we have with us Deb Gall. Uh, We're going to be talking about her book, Synchronicities on the Avenue of Saints. Ooh, sounds pretty delicious. Looking forward to um, connecting with her on that as well. So, all right, everyone. So, so much uh, shifting going on. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling it or starting to feel it. Um, We continue to have a lot of shifts, but... I think some of you, by what I see on my YouTube channel comments and Instagram, and also those that are part of my um, metaphysics and spiritualism salon on Patreon, are um, engaging with the change, uh, the energetic shifts and changing, um, instead of resisting and finding out how to go with it. Uh, so also, I want to let everyone know all things Awakenings, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, email at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to do personal work with me or connect with me, that's info um, at soulplayground.com. And I do have on, for the, well, for the great uh, shift, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, in Aquarius, uh, I believe that's the 17th and 18th, 19th. I do have a teleworkshop I'm doing, Soul Path Reset and Rewrite on the December 20th, so right in between there and the solstice. Um, and I'm going to do more of these because I've been experiencing a, a phenomenon um, and also helping my clients with this, with, similar with the key codes that I was given um, I guess last year, a couple of years ago, but I did a, started doing workshops on them this year. 
uh, to shift the energy to align to the quantum key codes, um, which brings me to, I'm going to get to readings, I'm going to get to callers, but uh, James, hello James, part of our Awakenings uh, tribe community here, had, um, I had touched on jumping on timelines before on this podcast, and then I did a, a pick a card uh, on the Kaushik reading on my YouTube channel, Soul Awakening with Michelle Mache. Um, come join me there. Come hang out. Subscribe. And um, let me know how you're doing and any particular um, readings you would like me to do. And I do listen right away, Kella Lily. I brought those pick-a-cards back. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was talking about timelines, and James asked if I would cover it today on the show. So I tuned in extra with my guides and um, thought, okay, this is the perfect time because not to dive too deep into the um, astrology of it. I like to condense because a lot of people listen to the program are not into astrology or not astrologers. And I, a lot of times when we talk too technically astro- um, astrology, people will say, oh, it's too confusing or I checked out or, you know, I, you know, it's just, so I get it. That's, that's fine. I mean, we should be able to explain anything that's happening um, in general terms. And I don't even mean just layman, but put it to synthesize the information. So a lot of what's hap- been happening and especially this 2020, which is a double turning point year, um, Things have ramped up, even even with who we got in our elections in the uh, United States, to bring the shadow material up even more, to just bring things up. And this is also supported in the aspects, especially Pluto and Saturn and Capricorn. Um, there's a lot. I mean, Eris and in, in, in Aries, Chiron uh, is kind of the shadow of Chiron. It, it's in Aries for deep healing of the of the self or the identity. Aries ruling the the, the self or the even the physical body. You know, we had the North Node in uh, Cancer, South Node in, in uh, Capricorn, which is tradition and the status quo and and structure, but also thought for structure and foundation. Um, Saturn has to do with time and karma. So there's been a lot of um, – Cristobal's retina high, zero point according to Gray Braden. I thought we were going to be at zero point according – is that coming? Um, <laughs> we've been at – you know when he wrote that book years ago, um, we've been at zero point. Um, okay, here's the dealio. <laughs> And it fits in with what James wanted to know about the timeline shifting. Our whole reality, and I'm going to be doing a video on this in Patreon for next week. Um, I'm working on that video for my people that um, are part of that community um, also. So to really kind of break things down, in this turning point of the new, where we're going in the new paradigm, the old paradigm was based on separation, separated out from source energies, God, not feeling causal, right? And based on this invader, dominator culture um, that translates in a lot of different ways, like victim abuse, uh, you know, victim, 
abuse, abuser, bully, the one being bullied, pow basically power over, power under, not sufficiently being connected into our own power or empowerment source, which is the source of all that is. And some of you will say, well, I was. Yeah, okay. All, many of us are or were, but the consensus reality would not hold that position in space and time that way. Of, and the systems that were, that were set up were not set up to um, allow that or, or um, reinforce that, right, or, or to allow that way of being to thrive. Just looking from the idea even that people still looking to be rescued by a certain president, that a certain president will change something, you know, or a prime minister when it's actually the prime minister or president or whoever that is a figurehead, there's a, a group, a cobble, a, a steering committee, uh, many families, 13 major families behind what happens governmentally, what happens on a societal level. So, and part of this is that what we call um, metaphysically and in spiritualism is, is the glamour realm. The shadow side of the Piscean era brought this glamour realm. Some of you have heard me talk about this, where we idolized idols, idols, false idols. That's what it means in the metaphysical Bible, false idols, celebrities, um, politicians, all to be saved instead of kind of looking in within and saying, well, what am I about or what do I want? People are still waiting kind of like, I call it like the, the, the Santa Claus in the sky, you know, the, the white, wizened, bearded man, whether in the form of a president or prime minister or Santa Claus, you know, it's like a god. That's how a lot of people envision God is this person, this being, which it's an energy. It's, it's all of us. It's, um, it's an energetic force and matrix um, metaphysically we say out of the one comes the many and from the many is the one another topic I will get to so coming out of this glamour realm where we there's always this someone above above us someone built the idea of someone below that, that we're striving to be like, you know, reality stars. You're going to see a lot less of that in the Aquarian age in the new age and the new paradigm. And it will wind out because Aquarius is the great leveler. It's a, all people have all gifts. All people not only are, are equal like Libra would say, or, or Sagittarius, it's that the uniqueness of everyone in the Aquarian energy is very much um, celebrated, honored, and needed. It's seen as needed and necessary. And that's why Aquarius also rules small groups and uh, soul tribe and communities, especially communities, so that everyone within a community, no matter what they're doing, is needed and necessary. And we're seeing that right now, right? We're seeing this globally with the whole idea of essential workers like okay who do you really need we need everybody but we're seeing oh my god food toilet paper a restaurant to hang out with to socialize good food connecting it's kind of getting back to these simpler values right these simpler 
what do we really need on the earth plane, the human aspect of us, what feeds our soul, nurtures our spirit. So there is this, this um, in this great turnaround that you could see astrologically in the aspects, but it's been going on before. Um, the aspects just bring something to the surface more. It's a way of, of mapping or delineating or navigating. It doesn't cause things to happen. They're not causal. The all that is, God, the infinite, the, the consciousness of all of us, the oversouls of all of us are um, energetically the cause of the direction. Remember, all of nature, all of earth, all, once moves in the direction of what's most life-enhancing. So we got to a point of living with this idea, the false notion of being separate, separate from source, feeling separate. This is why people get caught up in cults because of that belonging button or wounding, not feeling they fit in or belong, um, because we're, we've been trained to be cut off from our interconnectedness to everything and everyone and other realms of living and being dimensionally, you know, the spirit realm. Um, we've been trained to only honor in the old paradigm what we could only taste, test, touch, feel with the five senses, not the sixth sense or psychic sense coming from the soul. So this is why in the new paradigm, things like vibrational medicine, sound healing, toning, connecting into the subtle energy, um, Reiki, all forms of energy work, but also very, very importantly, as you know, um, the, the physicist, uh, Dr. Maynard, who was on the program, said the subtle energy. That's why all my workshops, we learn to connect in the subtle energy. Because that subtle energy is more of the truth of who we are than just the denser physical body, that part of us. So the push right now from source is, source energies through all of us, through this trajectory of unfolding, is through unification, is through unity consciousness, but with an awareness of uniqueness. In, in one's gifts and talents and obviously celebrating that, expressing and experiencing that in multiple ways. That is the soul. But also to move back to the causal point, not to be living so much from effect. So the, the last veil, these veils that have been lifting bit by bit, people are, you know, seeing and feeling other beings around them, other energies around them, some moon call and invisible people. You know, you can see that we're having a lot more what we call bleed-throughs, where multiple timelines are coming into your denser reality on the earth plane. Even in, you're, you're staying more in that alpha theta consciousness or awareness and living less from the beta, which is beta consciousness reflects uh, or corresponds to, like, the news. It's your everyday um, kind of mundane consciousness um, awareness. It also corresponds to gossip. So it's, it's, a, it's a denser, lower octave, uh, needed and necessary. It's kind of everyday, hey, how are you? But it's, it's a very surface reality, right? So... And you can see this in Neptune, Neptune and Pisces. Again, it, this whole idea of create what you want, Uranus and Taurus, free up. 
um, there's this idea of how to live differently. So what's what's happening is there's going to be less and less and less, um, for one thing, personality disorders, disorders of being disconnected from your soul, your spirit, your spirit-soul connection, and the all that is, infinite source, the causal, and being able to tap in and live and express from that place. So in the old paradigm, being based more on um, this idea of separation and these, this distance between us and source energies, that things are just kind of happening to us, right, created a lot more limitation. And, and again, it's, it's been, it, there's a lot of, you know, systems and functions in our society that have propagated this, that have reinforced this. So it's very hard to get out of, because if there's not enough resonance, because we do live like somewhat of a consensus reality, even if you're an outlier or living more alternatively, there still is this per, pervasive mainstream consciousness. So that's where the shifting, the changing is starting to take place. So even relationships will be changing. Instead of based on learning lessons or wound mates, trauma bonding, they will we'll be connecting more through creativity, shared experiences. Not to say we won't have trauma or connect with people or even talk about, hey, I went through that or I'm healing on this. But that won't be the um, nucleus or the nexus of the relationship that holds things together. It will be more on inspiration, inspired action, I help you, you help me, more collaborative, um, more we're creating, building something new, or we're bridging from the old. There's a sense of purpose and mission, but through creativity, through creative expression, self-expression, which is soul expression. So because of that, the way that we're going to be living and experiencing is changing, and many of you may have started to feel this. These shifts put us in a different reality, or can, if you're open to it. And it's interesting because our guest is going to be talking about synchronicities, because synchronicities and synergy lead the way, where you feel synergy, that synergistic energy, mutually responsive and beneficial energy. You, like, you start gaining momentum or clarity. There's something more. There's a, an opening for more cosmic, cosmolo cosmological, you know, spiritual, infinite energy, source energies. It's, it's where you start thriving. Even if you're going through a, a horrible time or a bad time, you can still feel that synergy. So in truth, even if you look at metaphysics, quantum physics, and especially string theory, a lot of, you know, scientists are recognizing, or certain group, that we have multiple realities. That's what string theory is based on. And that's also intuitively, you can see that there can be different realities. That's one of the uses of using your intuition or becoming more psychic, is you can see ahead. Now, imagine everyone living this way. Okay, as an everyday way of living, that you start choosing based on your soul and what you want to experience and what is the highest vibration or what's, what creates the most optimal health and wellness, optimal living. You start choosing that because you're, you're living more from the causal point. This shift in timelines 
um, and some of it's timeline jumping. Some of you may find that you're not in the same life you were. Even if you look back, you don't have the same connection to your past or people or situations from your past. Many people, um, after this Saturn, you know, you know, denouement kind of in, in, in uh, Capricorn, and with that, that nodal access, these aspects were reflecting what was being worked upon us by the quantum energies, by the new direction. So many of you have been shifting timelines or jumping timelines. You, you may feel like, oh, what happened to my, I was focused on this or I like this, and now all of a sudden you might be feeling I'm, I'm in a new direction or I have, you know, a, something, a new way of being or feeling in my life. Now what do I do? What do I, what do I focus on? What's right for me? And many of you may have experienced through some kind of accident, major surgery, um, downfall financially, or great loss, or many losses, especially over the last 10 or 20 years, and then definitely the last three years with this Saturn aspects. Um, depending on your age and what you've been working on, and I'd have to look at the chart, but some people this is like a 20-year cycle. Preparing for the next 20-year cycle, that is um, being reflected because it's already been happening, but it's being reflected in the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. What is going on? It's that that's like a. It's like looking in the sky sometimes, and maybe you don't see the sun, but it's all it's it's there somewhere. It's you know shining. So these energies ha that are us, the quantum aspect of us, have been working on us. So it's almost like some of you may feel like you've kind of left off on a cliff. Now, where do I go? What do I do? Or I don't want to do what I used to do. And also, a lot of what's been going on this year in 2020 is to pull up more of our roots so we're not overly emphasizing the material plane or what we can only see with our, or, or interpret or experience through the five senses. What's happening is you're getting multi, more multidimensionally um, focused to connect more with your multidimensional realities and experiences and therefore timelines. Timelines are simply experiences in, in life, different aspects of life, different parts of life, different dimensions of life. So different parts of you have been living out other dimensions, other experiences, and those are starting to come together, weave together. Some of you, it's a bleed through where it's just happening, like a deja vu, or you're just kind of sometimes thinking of something, or you see an image or a picture in your mind, and you're kind of transported someplace, or you have experience, I know that person, or I just went through this, or I feel like I'm living two lives. Well, we're living multiple lives, but what gets anchored into the denser physical reality of the earth plane, some of that's up to destiny, some of that is now up to our choice. So what is happening as these timelines merge, some of them are just completely abandoned, deleted, we're moving more into the creator aspect of us, the co-creators that we are. Dr. Bruce Lipton, when he said it on this, um, on our he, when he was on Awakenings um, a few years back, 
talked about this when we were talking about his book, Biology of Belief, and he was stating how within the physical body there are creator genes. Those creator genes are encoded to, you know, have kind of wake up new memory, right, like rewriting the code, so to speak. Um, from learning something or having a certain ability that all of a sudden comes through at a, a certain time. Well, we are creator cells within the planet, right? So we're encoded to have these wake-ups, you know, succession of waking up to more awareness, more consciousness, more soul connection at various times and, and time, you know, points in our life. Right? Some of it is by labor or effort or healing and focusing and studying, and then some of it just happens all of a sudden. You have a certain interest or a certain gift. So now with the timeline shifting and jumping, as people get more aware that you have this simultaneous reality, and believe me, there is a group that have has not um, – <laughs> Because there has been, you know, this, the duality aspect of the earth plane. You know, we've been living out the extremes of the polarity. That's going to get a fever pitch, especially next year, where there's more unrest. There's more, you know, he said, she said, she said, he said, whatever, you know, the red and the blue, the black and the white, you know, all this duality uh, playing out. Um, in aggression, in fighting, in uprising, in protests, in, you know, whether it is on social media by trolling or actual people protesting or um, because they're not seeing, they're seeing only 3D. They're only seeing what's tangible, what's tangible to them. And they have to play out that part of the design or the matrix because we're creating a new matrix, a new design. Well, it's already there. It's already created. We're more stepping into the fullness of it in our role. But to do that, you have to shift your vibration. This is why I always say resonance is key. It's all about vibration and what we're vibrating to. Is it, is it the right vibration? Is the person, the place, the situation, the dream, the goal, the right vibration for what we want? Does it have the right um, elements for what we want and where we're going? So we're not limited to one timeline or reality, and we get caught in a loop. And what happens is we get caught in this loop, and then there's all the reinforcement for it, right? And, and we start drawing that in, and it keeps us stuck in that reality. That's why two of the powers, power, most powerful wor words are, other than I love you, but I am. Because what we start saying, I am, or how we start living, and it starts calling that in, right? So you could look around your life and you can see, okay, am I calling in what I want on a soul level, what I want more of? Or am I calling in things that are keeping me caught in this loop, and now I'm resonating with this reality? And we get caught in these. I, I, I saw it a few years ago, and I've been pulling myself out of this certain um, timeline. It takes a bit. It takes a bit of time um, on the denser physical plane, but you can start feeling it etherically. You can start feeling it by what you start attracting. And this is why for many people, the last, especially last year, um, 
think it started happening in where people kind of waking up like, I don't even remember my past. I've had a lot of clients that I've worked with that have said, yeah, I'm not attached to my past, or I don't really think about my past or my memories. And that's because they're in the process of a timeline shift, or they've already shifted, or they may have jumped the timeline altogether. So because we're not limited to one timeline or reality, at some point, especially when you've done a lot of inner work and you're very clear um, and you're connecting more to your soul, you get to start choosing and creating from a different vibrational frequency, which means a different timeline, which means a different life experience. It changes what you're going to experience. So we live this way anyway, multidimensionally. The dimensions are simply separated out by vibration. I'll give you an example. When you, let's say, TV shows, movies, films, um, books, let's say even romance novels, you're transported somewhere. You watch the travel, a travel channel. You're transported you do a great workshop or teleworkshop and you connect into the subtle energy, you're transported. So we have this transportation. That is the, be- that is the beginning of it. That's, that's, that's a way of playing in the idea of being able to co-create or create your reality, right? To change timelines. So we have these bits or fragments of different experiences, different different dimensional living, different dimensional experiences or expressions, these fragments, and many of them are being called in. There's a real cleanup on the etheric and astral, which is part of the Akashic, the astral being the emotional. So some of you are cleaning up to go in a new direction next year where you're you're realizing there's a big separating out that's happening next year. It's been, happened, it's, hap, it's been happening the last few years, but you can see it, a lot of people have been talking about it already this year. It's going to be, I feel, even more obvious next year, where you're, you'll just be moved to the timeline that best suits you. If, are you fighting the old paradigm? Are you fighting this? Are you caught up in certain stories that are repeating from history or are you moving on creating a new story? And I've said it all the time. It doesn't matter if people are talking about the cobble and fighting them or fighting 5G or fighting uh, the galactic where we're, having the, we're fighting the reptilians. That's old. That is old paradigm. That, that's been thousands of years. So if you're not aligning to that story and that vibration, you are going to be shifting timelines or already are or jumping timelines because you're not prescribing to that story or that reality anymore. Powerful, yes. So you will be having a different experience in life. Will you be touched? Yes, part, you may be touched by some of it, but the, as your resonance gets stronger and stronger, this, this is also why in um, the new paradigm there's going to be um, decentralization of power. Um, there won't be this federal power, and you already see this happening. And my guides talked about this in the 90s and channeled this. Um, there'll be small communities, groups that 
believe the same, not in separation, like, oh, that group is bad over there, we've got the answers, just a natural winding, we're believing this and this is what we do or how we live. And so it will be by states, providences, cities, and communities within that. And it will start happening little by little by little until probably I don't know. I've heard like 2025 will see more of a notice, but it's a cycle between now and 2050. And we have a lot of changes between now and 2025 and then 2040 to 20, uh, 2050. Um, but you will start seeing more of these, whether online or in person, these gatherings or people coming together that are living a different reality and creating, co-creating a new reality. Um, so we have multiple possibilities. So now we're, there's more of a conscious awareness that you can align to what you want to experience on a soul level. That's always been the truth. However, we've only been able to do it to a certain degree because of consensus reality, because of mainstream consciousness, the root race, the root consciousness. It's our consciousness has been rooted in a certain vibrational pattern. I, I, you know, I don't know, is it, you know, what is, what is the number? There's a vibrational component or correspondence to it. Because that is being uprooted, there's all this chaos, there's all this creative energy there. Now you all want to latch onto that. You want to align to it. You want to connect into it. How do we shift timelines? By vibration, by focusing on what it is you want and drawing more of that in your life and living that experience as much as necessary, as much as you can, bringing that in. You know, if you want to live in Paris, eat some croissants, you know what I mean? Listen to Parisian, visualize it, feel, transport yourself there, be in that alpha theta state. So we create this way anyway. We all created this, the old paradigm. We're all part of that. Many of you have memories or realities of living differently, and you've come back at this time or on this dimension. You've incarnated into this dimension with that awareness, that wisdom, that knowledge, that skill, the skill sets to help shift the consciousness and awareness to embrace the new emerging consciousness that changes the trajectory. We're changing the trajectory like never before, it's similar to other times we've done it. It's similar to other dimensions. It's similar to other planetary shifts. It's similar to the times of the Essenes. It's similar to the times of the Cathars. It's similar to um, the Palladian. It's, it, it's similar, but it is not the same because the, the momentum is, is, is different. The, the state of awareness and how many people are touched or have this new emerging consciousness within them, then this, what is encoded is being decoded or opened, this blossoming, this, um, some people say on some level it started um, in the time of the, you know, the, the salons in, 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 in Paris, the artistic metaphysical salons, and then in the age of the 60s, 60s problem, the drugs, see, that's the other thing to not go asleep because, yes, perhaps the people in the 60s started this kind of unity, consciousness, and love, 
But when we have that Piscean distraction of over-drinking, the drugs, uh, not to say you can't, I'm not going to pass judgment, you know, like it's not about living purely. However, there was a lot of delusion and illusion and no real building or creating new systems or infiltrating the system. And how many people know, I know I do, family and friends that were hippies and then they gave it up and then they became very corporate. They became yuppies or yippies. I think it was hippies, yippies, yuppies, whatever. Because there wasn't enough um, in the collective, there wasn't enough um, free-form energy, chaotic energy, creative energy, energy from the void stirred up to, you know, um, institute the changes, to get the changes instituted. And now we're having enough of a breakup of the systems and structure over the years. You know, this has been happening already hundreds of years. Some say thousands. Um, but so we're at this critical point where people are awakening and saying, there's so much confusion and chaos. There's so much loss. There's so much change. I can create my own way. I think I can do that. I'm getting with others that are doing it also or can support me and I support them. So it's a different mindset and mindset is so key. Aquarius, that is the energy that is, uh, prevalent or reflecting this new consciousness, this new emerging consciousness, says, I know. It's the mental realm, less emotional, less passionate. It's dispassionate. It has a zeal for a cause or for, you know, aspiration or inspired action. So by focusing on what it is you want and aligning to that vibration, you have to ask yourself, um, what and if is what am I vibrating to? What am I resonating to? Is that what I want? Is that what I want to experience, or what I you know what I want to what I want to be? You know. So that's the thing to ask is it's that it's the area of the artist. It's moving into the co-creation. The soul is all about artist artistry, co-creating, creation. Um, um, I hope this is making sense. So you, in a way, it's aligning to your soul signature frequency that has to the blueprint, right? That's been, there's been templates. There's been, you know, like tracing paper put over from family, from ancestors, from culture, from where you live, the cultura, what the mainstream consciousness, the advertisers. This is why the best thing to do is stop over-consuming. Whether it's visually what you take in, be very mindful. Are you over-buying? Are you overspending? Are you distracted? It's better to sit and do nothing. Or watch or listen to things that remind you of the truth of who you are or inspire you or where you're learning something, where you're opening have less of the constricting energy right now, contracting energy. How we are controlled is through the nervous system and the limbic part of the brain, which is the limbic connects to the medulla umbilicata, the back part of the brain, 
which is the instinctual part of the brain, the instinct, which is the reptilian part of us, which is the um, where where fear is. Not that we're not going to get rid. It's not about getting rid of fear. You can, you know, if you don't like a snake, you can be afraid of it, or a car comes screeching around the corner, you can be fearful. But it's living in that state, that emotional state, consistently. This is why right now, try to find ways to get out of the fear of like COVID and other things. It's 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 to be in it to process it, but watch how. How much is the fear constricting your life and you're living the way you're living? People, when they're fearful, are much more easy to control. And my guys, by the way, years ago said, a lot of us light workers, a lot of people, because in a way it was our, I don't want to say fault, but let's say part of a big part of our responsibility, because we didn't want to take self-responsibility. We're waiting for grandpa, grandfather in the sky, grandmother, however you want to believe, the prime minister, the president, the government, to take care of us. If I just go to work, if I do my little things, then I get to retire and I get this much money or I get this. That system is going to complete, not all at once, but that will be gone. Uh, there'll be another system, probably something where people are helped financially, you know, um, their burdens, maybe monthly, some kind of like basic income. But there's going to be so many groups, so many communities that are helping and supporting. And things like, you know, GoFundMe or microloans or women giving loans to women or supporting women or artists supporting artists. There's going to be a lot more where individuals come together and co-create things in a humane way, an honoring way of people to help people so people aren't indebted. Because that's one of the things in the um, invader-dominator culture, power over power under, is debt. Debt was, is a big controlling factor. And that, that group, that steering kit, is trying to get people there again, um, in essence, because people have been moving you know, away from that. So look at what you're putting in, you know, putting in um, into what are you consuming? What are you taking in? So that if you are wanting to shift timelines, you're wanting to experience a different, and, and by the way, as you shift these timelines, you will be moving, you'll still be 3D, 4D, but you'll be more moving more into the 5D reality and above and above, because you will be connecting more into the subtle energy. So many people, this is happening, you know, kind of like, whoops, how did this happen? What's going on with me? And then there are many people on, an, on a conscious level that are doing this with a full awareness that I'm done with that past life. I'm done with that karma. That's complete for me. I'm done with this way of living or being of service, and I'm, I'm shifting into a different dimension of experience. Um, so if you don't want that doom and gloom prophecy, that's a timeline. That's a story. Timelines have stories within them, scripts. But you can change that. And people are going to – I know it sounds fantastical thinking, but it really does work. And I do feel next year on, between perhaps next year and 2023 – especially when Pluto goes into Aquarius, people are going to realize that more and go, 
holy, you know, holy guacamole, <laughs> holy moly. I'm living differently. I'm experiencing different things. I drew this in. This is happening to me. I'm, watch, I'm watching the synchronicities. My life is changing. It's unfolding. I'm drawing in what I envisioned. We do it anyway to a small degree. Now it's about living this way continuously, not just every now and then or when you want to get out of something or going through big changes. Um, there is this convergence right now of timelines, which means probabilities and possibilities. And so if it's aligned to your soul and there's enough resonance and you can do the things to gain more resonance, you will shift timelines. You know, you will ju jump timelines. Because as you shift timelines or jump timelines, you're on a different track. And as you're on a different track, then you do create a different reality. You start drawing in a different reality based on multiple realities. All right, let's get to callers. And we have our guests will be coming on. So stick around for that also. Okay. Um, let's see what we've got in the chat. Oh, quite interesting. Yeah, did some stuff in the chat. All right, let's get the callers here. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello, you're on air. Okay, 216, you're on air. Maybe you walked away. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. Hello? You're on air. Hello, you're on air. Hi, I am on air. <laughs> Yes, you are. Yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Who am I speaking with? <laughs> this is Kathy. <laughs> Your oh, favorite hey, Kathy. Oh, yes, yes. I love it. I'm doing my pick a card. <laughs> I know. I love it, too, but I always love you. And I, I started following you on Patreon, too. I'm really excited. But anyway. Oh, so, great, great, great. Yeah. Um, so really quick, um, I had a very interesting situation early this morning um I was woken up to a sound I didn't know what the sound was I thought it was a person like mimicking some kind of weird bird sound or something either way I was like what the heck is this because it sounded like it was right at my window so I finally get up to look out the window and as soon as I looked out the window I see this huge bird but I couldn't see it fully because it, it literally, as soon as my eye hit the window, it flew away. And all I could see, it was a dark bird, and I saw that it had, like, iridescent purple-blue um, feathers. Anyway, Ooh. yeah. So when I looked it up, because I only, you know, I had to look up the sound, um, I realized that it was a raven. And I had I had experienced a raven before years ago, but I never heard the sound of one. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, that was interesting, and it definitely got my attention. So my question to you is, what was the message, if there was one? Mm, well, what, I would say, what's the message for you? But raven has a lot to do, um, all birds are messengers from spirit. But they also have a lot to do um, with magic, with the mystery of life, and calling to some kind, of, which is interesting because I talked about this a bit in my uh, sharing, um, has a lot to do with what we, don't, what we don't yet see coming into form, the void. That's why I said mm -hmm. the iridescent color, 
right? Yes. Um, the iridescent color has to do with the void, the mystery, the, you know, it's like the blue black. So there could be something, um, there could be something that has to do with something new that is coming up for you that you're not yet aware of. Okay. It's a pay attention, especially because it came in through a noise that you didn't know yes. and you had to look around, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But also look at crows. I think they're part of the same family, if I'm not mistaken. They are. Um, that's mm-hmm. right, yeah. And so crows always pretend change, um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, both of them are shapeshifters, have to do with magic or being a magician, mysticism, perhaps a call to study mysticism, uh, focusing mm-hmm. on self-knowledge, um, introspection. But when we hear something before we see it, it is a message, right? Because you go alert, right? You look around. What's that? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's always a message to somehow pay, you know, pay attention. Pay attention. And that you, and that you may not be able to know what's happening by the physical eyes, right? You may have to intuit it or feel it. You might have to look. Right. And it's so funny because the, the sound was so loud, like you could not, ignore it and I, I remember we talked about this before and I shared an experience I shared this like years ago um, but we talked about it in one of your workshops um, I think it was the light codes one where I had um, a couple of experiences with the morning dove and it came to me <gasps> yeah. within twice within two years the first time was in 2010 the second time was in 2011 or 2009 and, and 2010 both on Good Friday and I had never heard, I'd never heard of a morning dove, never heard the sound of a morning dove. I just knew, I was like, is there an owl around? Is there an owl? And literally I saw it and it did the same thing that the raven did today. As soon as I looked out the window, it flew away. And I was like, what is that? And then it literally showed up again that next year on Good Friday. And I was like, mm, I love like, it. Like, what is what is that? And I remember we talked about that in um, one of our classes. And there were other people that were saying, "Oh yeah, morning doves, they come to me." And blah blah. And I was like, "This is so crazy." So yeah, yeah I just well, your higher self will things. always pick something. Your higher self or spirit will always pick something if it's important that it stumps us, and we have to talk about it or do our own research on it. If it's something right. you know what it is, it's like, meh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. But this has got you going. Um, so, yeah, follow that. Follow that, um, the message. Follow the, the, you're getting the breadcrumbs leading somewhere, the synchronicities. Follow that. Uh, by the way, Thank Tammy you. in the chat is saying, good to hear you, Kathy. <laughs> Tammy in the chat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, stick around. We've got a great guest coming on. Talk to you later. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. We have time for one more caller. Hello, welcome. You're on Awakenings. Hi, this is Katie. How are you? Hi, Katie. Doing great. Um, I have a question about. Um, I'm trying to. No, let me not say trying. I am attracting employment, and I want it to be. Um. You know, I want to make friends. I want to do something that use my talent. And I just really want to let go of, um, 
you know, any resistance to me living an abundant life. And mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering what my angels or guides are saying about um, either employment or just me uh, letting go of uh, any yeah, anything in my way. The first thing I heard when you started sharing what you wanted, I was hearing you're already doing it. So patience. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're in the process of doing it to shifting a new reality, um, having mm-hmm. more awareness, up-leveling your consciousness, to drawing what it is that you want. So keep that focus, and my suggestion would be to just to do all that aligns you to that and reinforces to that um, but it looks like you're doing it. It looks like you're putting in the effort is what I'm getting. That's the message that I'm getting. Yeah, you yeah. know what I said to myself because I, yeah, I just said, because um, I, I visited family and it was really traumatic, but I was living with them for a few years and I no longer live there anymore. And I said to myself, you know what, even though that was the really hardest time of my life, I got to just focus on my future and what I want. And let's focus, like what you were saying, like let's visualize and go into what we want to have. Let's let just let's, even though it's hard, let, painful, you know, I just got to let that go. Yes, you're doing it. Please keep us posted. We'll love to know um, how it's unfolding and uh, let us know when that job comes in because it's surely on its way to you. You're calling it in. You know, okay. by the way, I got to tell you, Katie and everyone else, in my meditation, and I didn't really touch, I don't even know if I used this phrase, but before the show, I kept hearing, call it in, they're calling it in. So many of them are calling it in. So you all are really, many of you, calling in what you want. You're putting that echo. You know, we, we do live, we echo. You know, we put something out there, it does come back to us. You know, if okay. you're walking down the street and wave to somebody or say hello, they wave or say hello back. So you are calling it in. I think it's just to acknowledge that and um, okay. keep doing what you're doing. All right, Katie. Stick around. We Thank have great you. Coming Thank on. you. Okay, thanks. You're so welcome. Much peace. Bye. Beautiful. Very inspirational. All right, everyone. It's time for our second half of the program. We have Deborah Ball with us today. Um, and Deborah actually worked for a wholly owned subsidiary of DuPont. After leaving DuPont, she coached entrepreneurs and corporate execs in addition to creating and guiding leadership seminars for women until finally she returned to her dream of writing. Her first novel was The Dream Stitcher, uh, which was also named as a finalist in the category of debut uh, fiction for the 2018 National Jewish Book Awards. She won the Indie Reader Discovery Award in Literary Fiction. And her most recent book is Synchronicities on the Avenue of Saints. We're going to be connecting with her and diving into her most recent book. Hello, Deborah. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, absolutely. Um, Want to get a little bit more of your background? I'm I'm so captivated by the, the title. And um, so fits in what we were talking about earlier about these synchronicities. Yeah, well, you and, know, I I am struck by how I mean how synchronous my being on the show with the talk that you just gave was is just remarkable to me. There were so many things you said that I've either 
experienced in my past or I'm in the middle of experiencing Ooh, and how synchronicities have always kind of told me that I'm on that path. So we have, uh, you know, we really have a lot to talk about. And I, I want to say, uh, before we get into that, though, for your caller, Kathy, uh, Kathy, crows, ravens, they are the bringers of messages. They are the carriers of stories. And so they're trying to tell you something. There's a story they want to tell you. Crows tell the truth. Mm. And so just pay attention, listen, and you will start to figure out what the message is. Mm, I love that. Pay attention. Absolutely. So, Deborah, let's dive in because um, I always love talking about synchronicity because so many people talk about it, but you actually, and you said it, live by it, and it guided you. And there are many, many of our listeners that are in their part of their awakening where they're looking for the synchronicities or they're starting to experience them and wondering, right. what do I, what do, I well, do now, it, right? Yeah, so, so you mentioned that when there's change coming, um, synchronicities seem to abound. And that is so true. There's a, a lot of, you know, synchronicities happening for me right now. Um, and they happen for me when there's times of change. And, um, you know, I, what I, what I want to tell your listeners is if you really slow down, you need to slow down during this period of time. Uh, do that, you know, by meditating, do that by writing. For me, writing is a form of meditation. And so that allows me to really slow down and pay attention. And I, Try to embrace everyday magic. What I mean by that is that there, these synchronicities, these magical connections are happening for us, simply. And the more we can grab and make the connections between those dots, it kind of leads us on a path. Um, so what, what do I mean when I say that? So, for instance, um, well, let me – I'll give you one yesterday. Just This is just yeah. yesterday. They happen to me every day. But yesterday, um, a friend mentioned that I should call my friend Judy. And this is something I've been meaning to do. So every every day for the past week since my friend told, told me to call Judy, I write down on my day timer, call Judy, and then I get busy and I don't call Judy. So yesterday, somebody puts a post on Facebook, and I'm not very good at social media. I really don't care about it. But there was a post that caught my eye about a young girl who did a spontaneous art exhibit on the bathroom floor, started off with a dirty sock. Her mother asked her to move it. She put the sock on a pedestal and declared it an art project. The mom came back again. She put a plaque by the pedestal in the dirty sock. And this evolved into a complicated art exhibit. And I thought it was hilarious. And I started sending it to my artistic friends. A few minutes later, my friend Judy posts on Facebook that her daughter-in-law and granddaughter's uh, post went viral. And the post that went viral was this post about this young girl putting this uh, impromptu art exhibit in the bathroom. And this was the universe's way of getting me to call Judy. And as soon as I am off the show with you, I will call my friend Judy. So that's just an example of a synchronicity. 
something pointing me on the way and on the path to do something. And they will, they are there, they will abound in, in huge numbers if you pay attention every day. Keep a notebook, write about them, Ooh. write about the connection from one thing to another, and you'll begin to see a pattern, and it will put you on a new path in your life. Oh, I love that so much. Now, how did you, because you were um, working in a corporate setting, then you were doing the coaching. Right. Were you aware of seeing what happened before? <laughs> yeah, what happened? Well, yeah, what no. happened? I'm curious. Or you know, did you just start noticing so, that things started happening that were that were lining up? How did so you here, come across here? Here, uh, here, here is my story, um, and I'll try to make it brief because I don't know how much time we have. So, um, I was a hippie who became a yippie. I thought that was a great uh, oh, uh, way to jump. Yeah. Story. Yeah, I was a hippie, became a yippie, and I embraced the corporate world. And I thought, you know, that I was so smart and I was so talented, and blah, blah, blah. I embraced all these kind of false beliefs about my own abilities. But, you know, the universe has a way of leveling us, and it makes sure that we get the messages we're supposed to receive. And for me, um, that came in the form of a series of losses that kind of cracked my world open and forced me to take mm. stock of my life and go a different path. And without boring you with all of those, but it was all the basic life things. I went through a divorce. I lost my job. I remarried and took on additional children. I moved from one city to another. I had to get rid of all my civic Ooh, connections. Lost. My mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And one of my children was diagnosed as bipolar. All this happened in a series of a very short period of time. And when that That's happened, lot, I lost my best friend. It was a lot of loss. Oh. And I was, I was out of control. And, of course, we never really are in control, are we? We're, we're never in control. But we have this false yeah. feeling that we are. That's true. And I tried to hang on, and that only led to more happiness. And more unhappiness, but um, and here's where synchronicity started to come into play. When things were at their worst uh, with my son's illness, and we had tried everything, and I thought I was going to lose him to kind of a state of crazy from which he'd never return. Conventional approaches to mental illness weren't working, and I started to research alternative treatments, and I happened upon. A very brief story. It was only a few sentences in an alternative health book on bipolar disorder that referenced uh, referenced a shaman. His name was Dr. Maladama Somme, and he took an 18-year-old bipolar patient to live with his tribe in Burkina Faso in Central West Africa, because the beliefs in his tribe his tribe considered anyone with mental illness to be a shaman in the making. And so this young man was revered rather than reviled. And because he saw himself as whole, he then returned to the United States and finished a medical degree at Harvard. So I was very, very moved by that story. And I read all of Dr. Maladoma Somme's books. And as synchronicity would have it, I discovered he'd be teaching a weekend event about three hours drive away. And uh, so I drove up there, and I had a divination with Melodoma. 
and he told me I'd write a book. And he told me I was born in a mineral year uh, within the African indigenous beliefs. I, I was born in a mineral year, and I was a storyteller. And that the book would talk mm. about indigenous healing and help join those beliefs to modernity. And, of course, at the time, there was only one problem. I had no idea how to write. But oh, I, really? had been, I had been a theater major before I went into business, so I knew how to act. And I took on every writing course I could find. I attended every writing conference I could get to. And lo and behold, writing felt identical to acting, and I completely fell in love with it. Well, this is about 20 years ago. Um, mm. The writing process forced me to slow down. Uh, I spent hours at the beginning staring at a blank computer, and that led to begging for inspiration, which led to lighting candles and learning to send to where the story is, and that led to immense joy. And that's when I started to notice many, many other synchronicities in my life. Um, for, you know, maybe I should take this opportunity if there's listeners that aren't familiar with the term synchronicities, and probably they all yeah. talk about it, but... They, synchronicities are seemingly random, but apparently purposeful events, which speak directly to us in terms of personal meaning. And they also can mark the point where the personal and the transcendent come together in our lives. Um, there is a study of synchronicities within the field of physics, and they are tracked. And so... Um, they're not just, you know, it's not just something that's woo-woo. I mean, it really, it really is something that takes on greater meaning. So, um, for instance, my researching Maladoma Semade's work and then finding out he'd be close by and I could meet him as a synchronicity. And that meeting him led me to spending a full week in a forest in Oregon learning African ritual was another synchronicity. And that led to him telling me to place bones on my water fountain to vortex energy and bring the birds, and the birds would bring the story. Kathy, I'm speaking to you, which oddly did happen. And then my writing took off, another synchronicity. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned before that the practice of finding those daily synchronicities has made me realize and trust that we live in a world of everyday magic. And we have access to just learn to slow down, pay attention, note the connecting dots we are given, and use that information to embrace a path that is given to us rather than a path we're trying to control or manage. Oh, I love that, Deborah. That's, yeah, path that's given to us. So do you find that, so it sounds like that through the synchronicities, and I love your definition of it, by the way, um, were you seeing where you were going as you were following it, or did it take a while to know where you were going or what you were going to be doing? Yeah, no, I really didn't um, see where I was going. I mean, as I, as I started to write and I fell in love with writing, you know, you hope. But again, I mean, this, we're, we're talking, you know, this journey started 20 years ago, and I, uh, my first book came out two years ago. So in, in terms of writing, I'm actually at the kind of the beginning of my journey. But yeah. it, takes a, it takes a very long time, and that's, you know, that's something that, that your listeners should know. Sometimes journeys 
take, they have a life of, of their own and they have a timeline on their own. And you may wish and hope and want something. And because you don't get it right away doesn't mean it's not actually brewing, that it's not actually mm-hmm. in the process of happening. The fruition of it might not have happened yet, but all the pieces are still being put into place for it to happen. So just just slow down. Slow down to go mm-hmm. fast. And it will appear in time if it's something you truly want and you do the work and you're committed to, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. So when I first I started, that I, to did, be a I did not message the slowing down the paying attention seems to be a prevailing message yes i well i think i think because that is so difficult for us to do you know we live in a Mm -hmm. society that is so i mean it's overwhelming the amount of stimulus that's around us all the time and it's very difficult to slow down and i think it's a message we have to keep driving because Unless you slow down, you can't really find connection to what's in front of you. So for, for me, that way of getting there um, is by meditating and journaling and then just turning that journaling into writing. And it forces me to be in one singular place at a time so that I can really um, – think and glean the messages that are all, all around me. Mm, powerful, very powerful. And that you lived it. And how did you find out that these were synchronicities? Was it through studying and then you realized, oh, I'm starting to, ha- I'm having these, I'm being guided by these. Right. So, so what was um, for me? So I had, uh, I had spent all of this time, um, learning uh, Maladame's teachings and learning about African ritual and, and the beliefs. I was very, very inspired by them. And I thought, okay, well, I, maybe I could put a novel together that talked about some of those things in novel form uh, for people that would not necessarily read that as, as a novel. And, um, and for some reason, uh, I decided that my pregnancy would be a physicist. And in order to write that character, I started reading all kinds of physics books. Now, I don't, I don't want to uh, make you think that I'm an expert in physics. My Lord, I'm not. But I don't mind reading things I don't understand. So I was reading all these physics books I didn't understand. And I found um, a few physics books on synchronicities. And I was really fascinated by it. And that's when I started to realize that synchronicities had already been abounding, and I started to track them. Um, and I was struck by how physicists had already been tracking synchronicities ever since, I think, 1915, uh, which was when kind of one of the first uh, physicists to do that uh, started to document his work. So I really became caught up in it, and it's, it's just a fascinating field of study. Um, and mm-hmm. way I, when I realized all of the signs were pointing towards writing and what I was supposed to be doing. Did that answer your question? Yes, yes, tremendously. So now that brings us to synchronicities on the Avenue of Saints. Um, tell us how that came about. 
Yeah. Also, the the title you mean? The title of the book? The title of the, the book? Yeah. And the t- yeah. Both. Both. Okay. Both. I'm intrigued by both. Yeah. yeah. Well, so at the beginning of my writing journey, I had started writing synchronicities. Uh, I actually ended up publishing The Dream Stitcher first, was a book I wrote after synchronicities, because synchronicities needed to sit a really long time. I didn't know what was holding me back from bringing it out, but I felt very held back. So I just kind of went on and wrote other things, and The Dream Stitcher published, and and uh, that that's what happened there. But... As I was writing synchronicities in the early stages, I took pages uh, to my writing group. I've always been in a variety of writing groups. And the scene that I took was about my my protagonist who was taking a road trip. Uh, one of the scenes was taking a road trip uh, from St. Louis to Minneapolis for which is also, you know, right next to St. Paul. Uh, so this writer that was in the writing group said, hey, did you know, by the way, that, uh, oh, I have, I forgot to mention that I was born in St. Louis, so part of the story took place in St. Louis. St. Louis to Minneapolis. So this writer says to me, he says, did you know that there's uh, actually a, a series of roads that are cobbled together that are called the Avenue of the Saints. And I said, you're oh. kidding. I didn't know that. I'd been born, bred in St. Louis. I'd never heard of this term. And yes, lo and behold, there is a cobbled together highway that goes from St. Louis to St. Paul called the Avenue of the Saints. And then that's that title, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints, stuck to this book. And it just it just opened up the story like crazy. And that would not have happened had I not brought those pages and had that writer who lives yeah. in Iowa, where this cobbled together series of highways goes, had he not known that and transferred that information to me. So, so it that also was, sounds like that was yeah, that's a big deal. It also sounds like you listen a lot to your intuition or these hunches. Is that part of the synchronicity? Does that come hand in well, hand with synchronicity? Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that that comes from learning to pay attention and deciding. Because I guess it's a, I guess it's a, a a bent I have. It's deciding that the things I hear are everyday magic and therefore they're important. Mm. I like that. Um, so, yeah. So, um, really, I mean, they they happen. They happened all the time in my writing of this book. Uh, they happened all the time for me in the writing of the Dream Stitcher as well. But it was really uh, the most prevalent. I think it was new for me uh, when I was writing Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. And Deborah, let me ask you, living this way, do you find there's more um, synchronicities? Do they get, we're using the word abound, do, do they become more prevalent when you're paying attention? Well, sure, because, it's, of course, because um, if, if you get into the habit of paying attention, then you will see them. It's not like there actually are more, but you're noticing more. So, for instance, if you know, uh, if you are are 
in a, a world that feels sad right now. There's not a lot happening. You feel stuck. Um, my belief is if you would really slow down and just start to journal about your day, you will see that there are actually synchronicities for you. I think they become more Ooh. obvious to me now because I am used to it. I practice. So it's kind of like piano practice. Um, you start off playing a piece and you play it badly. And then the next day you go back and you practice a little more and maybe you play it less badly. And you continue on that practice until you finally have a polished piece on the piano. The same is true of this. If if I start to look for synchronicities, I might not find any for 30 days. I might not find any for 60 days. But on the 61st day, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see them as clearly as I see crumbs on my counter. Um, they were, they're there. They're there. You just there. need to pay attention. So you're saying they're there anyway. It's just, it's like the observer effect. I Correct. Guess when we start looking, okay, I see it. Ah, oh, that's very right. interesting. Yeah, they are always there. They're, you know, they're there for everybody. They're available for anybody, and they are always there. But if you don't see the connection, you'll let it go. So, for instance, and your friend Kathy that called in, Kathy noticed the bird at a window. Had Kathy not noticed the bird at the window, the bird would have landed on the branch and the bird would have flown away and that would be the end of it. But because she noticed, it became something to her. And now she's going to look for other things that link that up. It's about, it's about noticing your everyday world and keeping a journal so that you get to be an expert at noticing and that makes your life more expansive and more rich. I like to keep a journal. And um, Deborah, I got to tell you another uh, synchronicity with Kathy. She just recently got a um, bird feeder that she put in her backyard and now the birds are coming. <laughs> that, well, that's, that's hilarious. So one of my things started off, you know, spirit loves birds. So when I heard one of my first readings with, uh, with Dr. Malajama Seme, um, he uh, <laughs> it was a very funny. He does divination. He throw bones and stones on a on a it's a it's a mat and it's divided in earth, fire, water, air, and you you spread these stones and bones and then you read messages from the ancestors. So he said to me, he said, uh, "Huh, this is the strangest divination I've ever had." There's really nothing that the ancestors want to tell you. I said, you're kidding. There's nothing. And they just said, Dr. Somay, you have to tell her something. She paid you for this divination. No, actually. So it was funny. We laughed about it. He, says, he said, okay, um, there's something ingrained with uh, water, uh, ingrained with something about seeds, different kinds of seeds mixed together. Does this mean anything to you? And I said, well, actually, it does, because I have a sugar feeder in my backyard to feed the hummingbirds, but I haven't put up a feeder because I think it's going to be messy, and I don't want to create a mess, and my husband likes the yard, and he said, that's it. 
you need to put up a seed there. You're discriminating, you're discriminating against nature. So I went and I got back to Newport. I put up a seed feeder. I had, um, you know, sugar feeder for the hummingbirds. I had a seed feeder for the regular birds. A year later, I went back to see Maladoma. He said, uh, read my, my bones and stones, and he said, uh, you put up the feeders. I said, yes, I did. He said, that's good. He said, uh, but have you put, oh, gosh, I forgot part of the story. Okay. I put up the feeders. This is very important. Kathy will like yeah. this part. I put up the feeders. I have a water fountain. It's a big six-foot-high piece of stone uh, water fountain. And birds start coming like crazy. And a crow comes, and he starts throwing bones on my fountain. He threw rib bones. He threw pig oh. bones. He threw all kinds of bones. So... So May again, he does a divination. He says, you put up the feeders? I said, yes. He said, but you haven't put a bone on your water feature. I said, well, you know, it's a weird thing. I've had this crow that comes and he dumps bones on my water feature. I wish he'd go away. He said, you need to go back and put a whale bone on your, on your water feature. I said, you're a whale bone? I live in Newport Beach. Where am I going to get a whale bone? So I go home. I research whale bones. I find an artist in Nova Scotia that sent me a, a, a piece of art made out of a whale bone. I put it on the fountain. The crow lands on the fountain and, you know, as though he wants to have a conversation. I went outside, talked to the crow. I said, hey, you know, there's a whale bone here. I flew away. I never saw him again, but <laughs> that was my now, from that, all kinds of stories started coming. Dr. Somay told me I would there would be birds abound from everywhere. You put the whale bone on, birds would start happening. So the very next week, my neighbor is boarding Amazonian macaw in her backyard as a favor to another friend. And this, Amaz- this macaw is in the backyard, and I start developing a relationship with the macaw. So all of that's another form of synchronicity. It also makes for just a fun story. So there you go. Wow. Kathy in the chat is playing, okay, I get it. It's all about noticing the everyday world. I love that. Yeah. And what I love too, Deborah, and thank you so much for your sharing, because that you see that you said you see the magic in the everyday. And it, and it sounds like and feels like that you – still do, that that's part, you, you're seeing that magic well, where you're it, open it to is. seeing so, Yeah, so I write magical realism. My novels, mm. uh, both of my novels are magical realism, and uh, they're infused with everyday magic. So in some ways, just the act of writing gives uh, me access to that world uh, every day when I sit down to write. So I'm, I'm creating kind of everyday magic and put the page and I do subscribe to the idea that um, there really is so much more about this world than uh, we can possibly understand and it is there available to us Uh, we think of the world as very um, you know what what is in front of us what we um, 
have access to on this plane, but that's not the whole world. There is more here for us to take advantage, and we can. Your book is quite magical, too, and um, I love you touch on the string theory, which I was touching, touch, which I'm not a physicist either, um, but the, the dimensions and um, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Even when, even, well, when you said you were talking about jumping timelines and uh, the, the funny synchronicity, when you said that, for me, is that in part of the novel, my uh, protagonist jumps timelines. He goes from current time into the past and then back again. He's guided by a shaman on uh, a journey to correct the current wrong, and uh, he is able to to change timelines. So, in a, I guess, in a way, I was trying to access some of that string theory as I was writing this book. The book is infused with um, physics and African mysticism and um, discusses bipolar disorder and corporate greed and a lot of things that are really uh, coming into play right now. Um, I I, want to kind of shift gears a little bit for a second to just say that my my concern with what's happening right now, with so many concerns, but I think the next big crisis that we will be dealing with um, is mental illness. I think it will be... Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really uh, a pandemic of its own uh, because of all the losses that we have experienced in the world. And so um, I hope that, you know, it, that maybe this no- novel and journey for might give some solace to people that are going through mm-hmm. some tough times and dark times trying to deal with their own, either their own mental illness or the mental illness of a loved one. Yeah. Oh, definitely, because our society is not equipped. Um, you know, we don't have that in our culture. We, we don't have it in our fabric like most indigenous cultures do to heal, handle, or understand, or just hold, be there, be, hold the space. Um, but it is useful also books like yours because you have to dream or imagine or have examples of not only what is, but what could be, you know, or what we can do. And um, I definitely consider your book one for the new paradigm. You know, we need these new books refashioning the the stories, you know, um, with the the new understanding and the awareness. So concur with that. And I I mentioned to you that I have – uh, I wrote this book a long time ago. It was a very long time in coming, and I let it sit. I let it sit because it just didn't feel like it needed to be out in the world. Oh. And then at the beginning of 2020, I felt an enormous push to push it out into the world, that I felt that this was the timing for this book, that it needed to be out there, that it needed to help in a very small way to create a new paradigm. And so I did whatever I could to push it out into the world. Perfect timing. You know, things so you even listened like, on well, that. Gosh, I love it. <laughs> well, you know, things things have their own timing. I mean, in books, they definitely do. They they have timing for when they want to be born. And um, 
if if it doesn't feel good, that's when you hold back. But if it does feel good, you've got to you've got to push and help it any way you can. But I, I felt like it was a new I wanted to help create a new paradigm, a new shift, a new consciousness where indigenous culture is embraced serenity as a way to heal the earth. Uh, we have forgotten who we are and we need to remember who we are in order for us to do the very best we can on this plane. So true. So very true. Oh, Deborah, this is, oh my gosh, what a, what a, joy and wonderful surprise to connect with you and the synchronicity. I've just, um, I know our listeners are enjoying this and those will be listening later in the archives. Um, I thank you so much for taking the time to be on the program. You've just, Oh, given us just gems, pearls of wisdom, um, but also inspiration and uplift, um, uplifting. Well, I thank you. I feel, I feel like I found uh, a new place to call home. So I'll, yeah. I'll be an avid listener from, from here on out. It's a very, very enjoyable show, and uh, I learned a lot from listening to you uh, prior to me coming on. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And please come back anytime um, you want to share. Um, yeah, I learned a lot, too. I took notes, the, the definition of synchronicity. I loved how you described, um, and the paying attention, slow down, pay attention. Um, Deborah, of course, your book on Amazon. Is there a way for people people to reach you um, if they wanted to, or uh, yeah, so, uh, so the, book, the book is on. Yeah, first you can buy the book wherever you like to buy books. It is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but also independent bookstores can order it for you. So wherever you like to buy books, that's fine. Um, I have a website, uh, DebraGall.com, and Gall is spelled with two A's, so it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-G dot com. If you want to uh, reach me, leave a note. I love hearing from readers. And uh, any way I could help anybody get on a path toward noticing more synchronicities, would be happy to do that. Although I'm going to guess they're most, uh, they're, they're best served uh, by getting that information from you. So um, anyway, that's how to find me. Well, anywhere to reinforce, and Kathy's already ordering the book. All right, Kat, in the chat she put that. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, yeah. All right, Deborah. Thanks for being here. So thoroughly enjoyed this. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Me too. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Woo, what a love. Okay, everyone, that was Deborah Gall. Uh, G-A-A-L is the last name. You can connect with her at DebraGall.com. And we were talking a bit about her book, Synchronicities on the Avenue of the Saints. Um, it's a great book. A lot of, lot of um, information in there that correlates to everyday life and living, you know, the, the contemporary life or modern life. Um, so a lot of ap- applicable um, information there. I love it. Slow down and pay attention. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. As always, thanks for sharing your insights, shining your light, and of course, keeping awake. Lots of love and light. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. 
And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you awake?